Iceman, a podcast presented by Tuned Up Custom Rods. John? Dan, how's it going? Great. Tom? Hello. John, I appreciate that you said Iceman. I know. Thank you for pluralizing at this time. Well, I feel better about you now. Yeah. Now, <laughs> now we're all part of the team. I'm not so angry about it. Pete? Hello. So uh, on the mic here, we got my brother-in-law, Pete. He's been a long-time listener. He texts Tommy and I after every single show. And uh, we're glad to have you at the table, Pete. Glad to be here. Yeah. And on the phone, we, we got... actually have our real guest. Oh, jeez, oh, Pete. Oh, my goodness. Yes, we do actually have a real guest. Brad Hawthorne, how are you doing, Brad? Tom, come on. I, it's not me. You there, Brad? Oh, boy. You unplug something. Negative. It wasn't me. Technical difficulty. Are we on mute still? Nope. Yeah, something's muted. What's the what's the big red one? Is that Brad's channel? Brad, can you hear us now? What's turned up? Nothing? Oh, my goodness. Turn me off. <laughs> so anyways, I'll dogs try. versus cats. I'll call <laughs> <laughs> this is hilarious because Brad was just be like, "Oh God!" Or he just dropped his phone and coffee. Hello, it's Brad. Brad, <laughs> hey, this is the Iceman. How are you doing? Good. We you lost you for are. a second there. I know. You know what? There's a. There's a. a but I'll, we'll get to it later. I was going to say I just saw a big ad on Marketplace for a podcast producer. Dang. I think it said will work for like rods or something <laughs> and like oh, we can't pay him in rods right now we're paying him in uh, in credit oh okay <laughs> actually right. since we're all three quarter share or uh, one third share we're just paying each other in compliments right now oh that's such a wonderful thing <laughs> <laughs> brad how you doing we're hanging in there, man. How are you guys doing? Doing good. So for the listeners who are who are not sure who we're talking to, we're talking to Brad Hawthorne of Hawthorne's Guide Service, also of the Ice Camp Outfitters. And uh, man, I bet your plate is kind of starting to ramp up here again after maybe a couple of weeks of somewhat downtime. It, it Yeah, it did. Sports shows. We just got back from the Sioux Falls uh, sports show out there at Dakota Angler. It was another fun show. It was uh, a lot of people out there um, excited for the ice season. And yeah, I come back, basically drove out there in a snowstorm and came back. And now there's snow all over here. And it's like, I think we may have accelerated our ice season by a couple of weeks. And now, now this is normal for like all the listeners. Like this is a normal winter. We haven't had one in like three years. Everyone's like, oh, we're getting early ice. It's like, no, people, this is, this is, uh, the way it's always been. This you know is right mean? on track, right? I mean, the, the, for yeah. most people, it's that after Thanksgiving is where red freezes up, and then, you know, the next week or two, most of the lakes are locked up and froze over. Exactly, and that's where we're following the natural progression, which we need, you know. I mean, everyone remembers the last couple of years we've had some ice drama on Mille Lacs, and it's like, it'd be nice to just have a nice, solid freeze-up. What was it? Was it last year or the year before where it was just massive slush 
everywhere. I think Grand two Rapids. Years ago. Was two years ago. Yeah, two years ago I was talking to some of my fellow guys up in Rapids, and they're like, yep, we uh, we threw in the towel. I'm like, what? Like a second week in January up there, and like, yep, we're done. They didn't even get started. No, that, there was, that was, uh, yeah, two years ago where it was like feet of slush. It wasn't even like a six-inch thing. You'd drop to your knees and slush or up to your chest and slush and spots, and it was... Yeah, we had our, our just horrible. We had a trip on Red canceled that year. Yeah, in February. Yep. Oh, and by yeah. February, February, it should be locked up. You know, you should be able to drive no, dump, they were, they dump sh- trucks. They, shut they got down. like two feet of snow right before, and they said it's pushing down and water's coming up the holes and we're done. Yep. Well, well, this snow, I think, I don't know, Brad, what your opinion about early snow is. I think it cools the lakes down instantly and gets it just primed and ready for, for ice. It, it does. So a good rule of thumb um, for any snow. So any snow that we get across the state of Minnesota and then just, you know, part of this is the guide brain, the guide mentality is I even noticed, like, let's say we have a, if we had a lake around here that was locked up with a half inch of ice and then we got two inches of snow on top of it. Well, guarantee you, even in two weeks from now, that lake will probably have three inches on it. And the one that didn't get any snow on it that just froze naturally is going to have like six, seven inches of ice on it. So that's like one thing to remember is, you know, keep track of those lakes. If you had, you know, throughout the winter, throughout the, the, you know, freeze process, if you have a lake that even got a dusting on it, it is going to have a lot less ice on it. That snow insulation is a real, real factor. Yeah. So if you, if you have open water and it snows, that's good okay. Deal. That's a good deal. Yep. Yeah, when you get that yep. one inch of ice and then you get the snow and somehow the ice hangs on, it's a yeah. disaster. It's like a blanket. Yep. It is. And that's where, you know, the thing about snow is a lot of people don't understand too is, you know, snow weight can change. If we get six inches of real airy, fluffy snow, that is going to be your best insulator. But then the next day, if it gets 30 degrees and that condenses down to two inches of snow, now all of it becomes a, you know, a heavy weight on top of the ice. That's basically going to sag it and make really, you know, that first layer of ice is just going to be a real crappy layer of ice. Yeah, for so, sure. But we are shaping up this year to like the way it looks right now, you know, knock on wood, we're going to have awesome, awesome, awesome first ice across the state of Minnesota. And I, I, I honestly love first ice the first, you know, couple days going out. It's just, it's peaceful. There's nobody with rangers out. There's nobody with trucks out. It's just, you know, it's, it's the guys who really love the sport are going out there. I can't wait to get up to ice camp this year. Yeah, it's it's we're super excited. Did you guys see that that I know Marcus is super stoked about it, but you guys check out that house we added this year. Yeah, what's it called? Not the Bat Cave. That was last year. Was, right? I was going to say the Bat Cave, but that was the one that I wanted. I, to I just saw you, he brought it out to out to Dakota, right? Yeah, yeah, Sunset Man. Sunset. That thing is, did he yeah, did he tow it with that Tacoma and into seventy five mile an hour winds again? <laughs> No, I, I towed it out there with the Dodge and 80 mile an hour winds this year. Dude, I thought we were going to lose Marcus last year. I can't believe he made it back. Yeah, because I mean, I was driving into that wind, and it's like, I, I'm like, what's wrong with my truck? It only goes to like 60 miles an hour. I'm like, and then you get out, and it's like, you, you couldn't stand up. I'm like, oh, it was I, I see real why. bad. It was yeah. real bad. Never got worse gas mileage in my life. I could actually hear like, it sucking down in the gas tank. I feel bad. So, like, Mark, <laughs> eventually Marcus is going to sell that that truck of his, and he literally drove that thing for, like, 
four and a half hours straight, five hours straight at like 4,900 RPM. <laughs> it's a break-in period. <laughs> he needs, a, needs an oil change on his way to Sioux Falls. Yeah, and one, <laughs> one on the way back because he's got an 80-mile-hour tailwind. Well, so he called me when he, when he was driving. He's like, yeah, it's doing it. I'm getting blown around a little bit, but like, you know, and I'm like, okay, cool. You know, what's what's the deal? And he's like, well, I'm getting crap mileage. I'm getting like four miles to the gallon. Oh, four four miles to the gallon. What are your RPMs? And he's like, 48, 4900. I'm like, oh my God, dude, you're going to blow that thing up. <laughs> it's not NASCAR. <laughs> so, so the funny part is he says to me, like, because his truck was just downshift. So he's running that thing when it would upshift to like go up a hill, it would go up to like 54, 5500. I'm just like, oh my God, kid. What's it redline at? 57? I think because it's, maybe, a, it's not a, maybe five. <laughs> I don't think it's an eight cylinder, so I think it gets up there. I think it's at like I think it's like close to six. I think it's five or who knows? I don't know. I'd have to look. Yeah, that, props that, to Toyota. Yeah, I was gonna say props I mean, to Toyota. I, I actually, I have every Toyota vehicle I've owned, I've driven absolutely into the ground, and they still run. Well, <laughs> don't buy this one. <laughs> oh, the only reason I sold the last Toyota Flag was, that VIN. <laughs> it was the differential cover had rusted through and it was leaking and we just couldn't fix it because you could poke a screwdriver through the cover. There was just nothing there. Yeah, Marcus's Toyota is like a guide boat. <laughs> oh, it's got yeah. it's got 200 hours on it. Yeah. All yeah. at 5,700 <laughs> RPMs. <laughs> Although, yeah, you know, yeah. when, I was in, when I was in Brad's boat, I was out there last some, uh, two summers ago. I can't remember. Yeah. You were you drove it a lot more gingerly than I expected. You're I like, you're like I'm not going to beat this thing up. I don't. That's well. Here's the thing. I see a, I see a lot of the guides. Like you usually see the new guides doing it, where they they got a. I call it the grace period of a of the new guides. Like it's either sink or swim, pass or fail. Most of them flunk out because they just they can't. You know. Just because you're a good fisherman doesn't mean you're a guide, right? Like you should have someone train you. You should have really. You should you should be better than ninety percent of the people out there before you start telling people you are. You know, opening up a guide service, you're kind of advertising like, "Hey, I'm good." But okay, well, then you should know not to not to launch on the windy side of the lake and beat your customers up. And then the other thing you should know is, not everyone likes driving. 50 60 miles an hour and three foot waves across the lake getting you know i mean your boats will handle it yeah you can do it but your customers if you the reason your customers hire you because a lot of times they don't have a big boat they don't even know what it feels like to go 30 on the water let alone 50 so that's where like i get a couple phone calls a year about guys that are a little scared and they're like well how fast do you drive your boat i'm like 25 30 I drive it like an old man, man. And, and the thing is, when I go to sell my boats, I can honestly tell them. I'm like, go hook it up to a computer. Go look at how it was driven. Yeah, and there's something to be said for that. I bet that you don't lose as much stuff or break as much stuff by driving a little bit more gingerly. I know some guides, you go wide open across Mille and four-footers, and you feel like your your kidneys are going to come out of your pants. And well, and, and it's everything, man. I mean, even – well, kind of ironic, but what do you – I mean – Here's, here's one for you that'll slow everyone down instantly. Open up your rod locker, just a couple inches. Have your passenger do it and 
take a little video of what's going on in your rod locker when you're even going 35 miles an hour in a one foot chop across the lake. Like it is so violent in your rod locker. That's, you know, I don't, I can just picture what a half hour on the great lakes would do to combos. That's why guys you'll hear tournament guys, they put swim noodles in there to kind of deflect some of the bouncing back and forth and they're doing everything they can. Cause literally you can wear the finish off in the in the rod tube of a boat in rough water. I was, I had an eye opening experience this year, not with the damage, but I was up on uh, in Flag Island with with Pete right here, and uh, we were there for the week. We were there for like three days, and I mean, have you been to have you been to the Northwest Angle, John? I have not. No, Brad, have you been up there? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, the water's so big. I mean, it's just Where expansive. Stayed we stayed at Flag Island. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Awesome experience. I mean, the, that that is a really good operation. But anyways, oh, Chuck and Andrea are awesome. Yes. Sorry, they're legit. So we were there with uh, Pete's father-in-law, who's been doing this trip forever. And I finally got invited, and I was like, "Yes, I got a new boat. Let's do this." And and uh, you know, we'd go out there, and and uh, you have so many acres to cover, and I'm like. Oh man, let's let the Suzuki scream, and I'm I'm just going as fast as I can because there's no wake, there's no there's no waves, and we're just blasting around. And man, I had to fill up the gas tank after like a half day of fishing. Yeah, for nine There's so f- much water to cover. You're going 42 miles an hour for like 19 miles. It's just yeah. insane how fast the gas goes. And then uh, his uh, father-in-law has got a a big Lun Tai. And he's like, oh, I've got like three quarters of a tank left. Right. I was like, oh, man, maybe I should go 30. Maybe I should not go 42. I, it's it's crazy if you just back it off just a smidge, those Suzuki sip fuel. But if you go wide open, they guzzle it just like every other motor. It was fun. I, th- I found that the between three and 4,000 RPMs is usually the sweet spot on all four-stroke motors. It usually. made a huge difference. Well, and I'm sure they uh, they last a lot longer, too. You know, if you're if you're not just wide open all the time, they're they're gonna last for decades versus years. You know, Brad, I didn't even really look carefully on your boat. Do you run the NMEA setting on your hummingbird? Do you do a digital dash? No. Uh-huh. No. You never do that? I thought it'd be kinda neat to know like the fuel consumption and such, but I, I so I've run, been running Merc so long that it's kinda automatic. Like you know, once you have one smart craft in there, it kinda it'll It'll. You don't need on a Mercury to hook anything up for it to give you your, you know, basically your miles per gallon. It's just right there on the Smartcraft. So yeah, it's like thirty six to thirty eight hundred RPMs. But the caveat to that is, if you have four or five people in your boat, that changes because you're obviously you're propelling more weight. So, but yeah, that between like I'd say to tighten it up a little bit between thirty five and four thousand RPMs is usually right around there. But you're right, dude. I mean, you're talking. Um, wide open across the lake. Sometimes you're getting like 0. 0.6, 0. 0.8 miles to the gallon. It's like Jesus. It was yeah. It was eye opening. I thought I was like, oh, I, everyone says Suzuki's good on gas, and I mean it is, I guess, compared to an Evinrude two stroke. But not <laughs> not only that, but like the speed, and then you're coming across boulders that are just massive. Up yeah, you there don't want to get screwed over. That are just crazy boulders all over the place. Although we did have to run from a storm. <laughs> that was that was the scariest. The extra twelve miles an hour helped on that one. That was the scariest uh, <clears throat> ride I've ever had in a boat. We had a storm pop up when we were 
we were a dozen miles north of Flag Island and we didn't, you know, you're in the boulders up there and all the trees and you can't see the clouds. And all of a sudden we heard a rumble of thunder and I look at Pete and I'm like, should I, you know, what do you think? He's like, oh, you might want to put your rain gear on. You know, things come up pretty quick. I'm like, okay. So I put my rain gear on and like two seconds later, it was a torrential downpour and lightning and wind and I'm like, shit, we got to head back. And it was bet- the entire ride from where we were to Flag Island was, ter- it was a severe thunderstorm. You couldn't see 20 feet in front of the boat. That's and, the uh, best. It, I don't know. Some hail. Of the- oh, hail. Have you ever had oh, yeah. hail at 40 miles an hour? Uh, that yeah. sucks. It is horrible, Dan. I've, I've had it without the windshield. That's pretty cool in the back of the boat. Yeah. You, you were sitting <laughs> on the Maluna. <laughs> It was a Brad. Was I'm experience. sure you've had more storms. You want to admit because Malaxes. I don't know. I feel like storms of Malax just kind of come out of nowhere. Uh, they don't. I, it hasn't. It used to be before smartphones. You know, like well, yeah. If you actually would, I mean, if I would pick up my smartphone. But do you get? You guys ever get like ice storms and like bl- ground blizzards during the winter? We do, but ever since you know, ever since I got rid of that first Nokia forty six fifty or whatever that little brick <laughs> phone was, like, like. I, I, I program weather alerts on my phone, so I don't. So it's not like you know a, a pretty big tip off on you know lakes that have other people on them. Not like Lake of the Woods is hard because well, when people start you know spooking out, you should probably take a look at your phone if you don't have an alert set up. And That's uh, good advice. Usually, <laughs> usually, there's something coming in. That's good advice. Yeah, next year I'm going to definitely try to get a some sort of a weather radio or a, I don't know that came out well, of nowhere. Just do it on your. Uh, just set it on your cell phone, Dan. It'll it'll pop up. And uh, we had no service. We were we were on the Canada. We side. were twenty miles into Canada. It was we had nothing. Plus, how oh, can I, you get that high score on Snake now without your Nokia anymore? So <laughs> Snake was a, no. that was a that was a great game. That was like I almost wish some days like give me that phone back where you could remember you couldn't even like I think pictures were like if you had you could send pictures like you sent like one a week. That was it. Yeah. And it would take half a day to download or something. That was always, or like you could see it kind of pixelate on your phone. The pictures you, back then looked like uh looked like an ultrasound. Yeah. They were, they were horrid. And now you know, I, I remember that thinking, man, this is a great, Oh, you can, t- I remember the first text message I got. I was like, is this it? That's how I responded to it. Is this a text? <laughs> Am I doing it? Am I texting? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, super funny. That's awesome. How did the uh, Dakota show go? Was it pretty good? Was it a lot of people there? Yeah, it was a lot of people. A lot of people. Um, I mean, people were super impressed with the Otter Hub was going out. That was probably the most popular house at the show everyone was in and out of that thing um, which which hub it's the, the new walkthrough one? door yeah the walkthrough door well, so they're yep. vortex what is that is that the door is now flat so you don't trip over it is that the yes it's just like the door in your house like it opens there's no tripping it's full size like you know it, it, before you're trying to squeeze in and out with an auger and you know if your blades caught something and that was on every manufacturer it's just like hey, oh, hey give us a Give us a bigger door, please. You know, it's kind of a cool design too, because it's not like they just took one of the corners and made it a door. It's like it's been stretched in on one side. I don't even know how to explain it. Yeah. It's it's like a, it's not a regular shape anymore. the the front the the flat door is not part of the fishable area. As I'm I'm completely not understanding. Almost this. Like, I should go look it up on what this is called the smartphone. Do you know what I mean, though, Brad? It's like it didn't it didn't take away from. 
I know the corners. It's, <laughs> yeah, you you know what you mean. Yeah, you've obviously you fished the thing last year. It's more no, than we, just cutting one of the one of the corners off. It, it's it, hard to articulate. It's hard to explain it. It's more like a, uh, it's more like a, a roll up like tent door with a zipper. So it's, you know it it's it's you can pass through it. It opens completely. So you can like walk in that door carrying two augers. You know, it's, it's 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 a real nice design versus it's not it's not an octangular design or a, a hexagonal design. It's actually it's almost square. like a vestibule on yeah. the side of it. That's a really yeah. good word for what. Yeah, that's exactly what I would think. It almost looks like a foyer of a house. Yeah, yeah. Dan, Dan said vestibule. I know. I it's um, I. It's a great word, guys. It, it's kind of You're ended the conversation. Otter, if you'd like to use that in your literature, feel free. <laughs> I think I'm going I'm to take a picture with the family on our vestibule. If we have one here, I don't know. I'm going to have to look it up. And then I'm going to send that's going to be on my Christmas card. <laughs> you should, that'll be the new hashtag for Otter, the Otter Vestibule. <laughs> oh There's actually a really cool Minnesota <laughs> company that makes uh, teardrop campers called Vistabule, if you guys have ever heard of them. Oh, that sounds like. Uh, Sounds like our cubicle. Me and Pete invented a product where we uh, print off pictures that people could hang in their in their cubes. We call it vubicles. It's a cube with a view. Well, the vestibule. If you guys, ever, if you guys are, if you guys are listening and you want to sponsor us, those are legit campers. I love them. Teardrop campers. Those yeah. are cool. Old school. No, they're they're modern teardrop campers. But I mean, it's like a teardrop is an old school design. Yeah, it's, it's like. Uh, do you remember Jenny? Uh, from Girl yeah. of Ten Thousand, yeah, she rocked a teardrop for years. Yeah, yep, <clears throat> a teal one, right? Yeah, yep. My daughter wants that so bad. The vestibule has a gigantic window in the front, and everything faces towards that window, so you have a nice view. It's beautiful. So, what else is new from Otter then, other than this thing? Is like, oh, you know, actually, Brad, I got a question about some new Otter products. Sorry, go ahead and answer Jeez. the question. <laughs> I know, I, I was excited to talk to you about it. Actually, I was looking forward to asking questions about it. Sorry, go ahead. Oh geez, okay, Dan. No, I'm, I'm sorry, I totally stepped on your on your touchdown call there. I was just talking about the new Otter products. Something new and exciting at Otter. I just, I mean, this is pretty pretty wild. I didn't know if they released anything new. They Damn. did, John. Let me tell you about. <laughs> <laughs> they have all this great stuff. <laughs> sorry, Brad. I don't. There's I, not. Like, I didn't know if they did redid stuff. the. They didn't redo the Otter lodges or resorts or anything. The hubs. The hubs got you know full doors in them, and then the cabin hub they gave it more headroom in that one. Like I think it was like six inches in that one, to where the cabin hub now is you can get two people in there with room to spare. So that that's really nice. Like that those smaller hubs, if you don't have that full door in there, if you have that triangle door, really kind of defeats the purpose. Like I don't I don't think going forward you're going to see many manufacturers. Um, selling hubs with triangle doors in them because everyone says the same thing. It just it's kind of makes everything else obsolete. Well, I mean, everybody. I, I'm sure Dan, you've tripped over one of those triangle. Otter oh my gosh! And I've had it where an auger in my hand, and it's like I have a giant, uh, you know, gladiator spear that I'm just rolling into the. Well, I got hub to the point with. where I just put everything on the ice and then pick my hub up and put it over the top of yeah, it. Yeah, until it gets windy and then it's. Then you're in trouble. Yeah, then the you got the one stake down and all of a sudden and then everything's wiggling. Can, John cancels a fishing trip on you. Yeah. Sweet. Wow. You guys, Dude, you guys that was a whiteout trip, okay? <laughs> the, I literally was going to go out fishing and I turned the corner from the cabin and it was complete whiteout in 60 mile an hour winds. I'm not going ice fishing during that in a hub. Ugh, yuck. 
Like that's the, anything you know, tw- anything north of twenty five miles. What? An hour. Hey, how? Uh, time out. What? Are, what the hell are you doing? It sounds like you're washing your computer he's right empty, now. He's emptying his computer. He's he just opened the CD ROM. Because <laughs> it just sounded like you poured out two gallons of coffee. I don't think something. that. I don't think that made the start of the show. I did. I actually, it wasn't two gallons, but it was. It was the uh, last of the coffee pots, like half oh. a coffee pot. <laughs> I was like, I mean, I was like, man, I hope they don't hear this. And then I got called on the carpet. So. It's okay. We've been opening beer cans all night, so <clears throat> I've been drinking water. Well, just in case the listeners are confused, because they don't think they heard that when we first called him up, is that he dumped what? How much coffee under your computer right before we called you? Um, well, it was, I would say, so it's a 16 ounce glass and I just, you know, dumped, filled it up and there was about four ounces left in the bite. It was like, like picturesque sitting there, <laughs> just, just ste- I noticed my keyboard was steaming, dude. Like <laughs> it's a goner like, then. <laughs> I'm pretty impressed just, that you were drinking coffee at nine o'clock at night. Was there any cream? No, it's straight black. All right. But, like hey bye bye macbook pro like at least i mean at least i could have burned the thing and it would have kept me warm for a little bit for going out the way it did you know (laughs) just bring it back to the mac or just to the apple store and be like i don't know what happened happened. this this piece of shit won't start yeah this this thing's got a coffee problem man (laughs) (laughs) trying to make it go a little faster my computer (laughs) smells like coffee i'm not sure why but it just has this faint hint of coffee as it's dripping out of the side yeah when the guy says did you dump coffee on it just look at him and go no with a puzzled look did Uh, you that's that's john's life john hears that all the time when people drop off rods i usually don't ever tell customers i broke out a fish i swear i I had a customer bring in a rod and he must had that line taunt like taught yeah taught sorry the line wasn't like making fun of someone. That wasn't it wasn't taunting. Oh no, the rod was touching itself. So he had a, like the jig must have been hooked to the hook keeper, and he had the tip at a perfect U. And he was complaining that the tip had a set in it. And I was like, "Yes, because you left it all winter and summer set like this, loaded up completely with ten pound braid on a bullwhip." And then he proceeded to show me, and the rod broke in half. And I was like. I don't know what to say at this point. <laughs> and you I'm broke like, it. It's like it broke on a fish. I'm like, I just, we're, I, I don't even know what to say. But yeah, it happens. I want to talk about the new Otter products because I'm excited about one of them in particular. Okay, so who's going to dodge Dan this time? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I was jacked about the new the new chair. So there's the, the jump seat chair, the jump seat chair. Yeah, I want one of those because um, I would, that would be perfect for throwing a kid in the middle. I think it looks awesome. It sits right on the sidekick, which I love my sidekick. By the way, have you had a, so, did, did you use the jump seat chair at all, Brad? I don't know if you had that. We we did. We so anything with Otter, anything with Otter goes through the full R and D team, which which I'm a part of. And what I found interesting, so I have a bunch of different otter houses, you know, because I guide out of the cabins just because they're like the perfect size for guiding. But I do have a lodge and a couple other ones for like, you know, if I just have one group out or something like that. So, but what we did in the uh, the lodge was I took seats out of there. And when I had a family, I can put those jump seats on the caddies and I can get four inside of those houses. Now it's a super good idea. If you have a couple of small kids 
and you can get them on those seats. Or if it's a dad and two kids, they can have their own seat. It's well, put it this way: it was the the jump seat was the first thing to sell out on Friday. It didn't even make it to, to Saturday or Sunday. It was, they were all gone. Really? Yep. All right. So that 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 answers one of the questions: is what do I have to do to get that thing in my? You probably should order it online. I probably should. I don't. I'd be shocked if there was stock left by the St. Paul show on that. And I know that's only a, you know, that's like right around the corner, but judging by, I think there was 50 of them at that show. They they were gone in the first two hours. How high up does that sit? Do you know how tall the, the seat, like the depth of it is? I'm wondering if it was, if it's worth going out and getting the seven gallon pail versus a five gallon to put it on. I would because the five yes. gallon pails are they're too short. short. Too short. Your knees get all you, get, you want the six gallon pail though, Dan, not the seven. I, I so okay. I put Hawthorne's guides to service stickers on my six gallon pails and then I put the you know the food saver lids on top or the, the screw lock lids or whatever. Sure. And uh just those without the seat are perfect height. But if you put the seat on there, they're cherry, man. It's like the best thing you can do. I was super excited about that. I'm also excited about the battery tray. I don't, have you looked at the website, John? I'm I'm looking at. I'd need to order a new shelter. I got like super ASAP. I got super into the the otter the otter uh, website a couple of days ago. The battery tray looks awesome. I need to put one in because I'm sick of running alligator clips up to my flasher to power my yep. otter lights. Yeah, I know. that's. I'm actually trying to build a new uh, battery box that like screws into my. Thing yeah, I don't or want something. a battery box. I want like but a I saw, battery I, that just sits there. I saw this and it's like, well, this is pretty legit, especially if you hooked it up with one like one plug-in master plug-in right that's, that's kind of what i want to do so i saw a really good idea i wish i could take credit for it can't so this guy did that that one plug in an otter so he could because he had an he had a fifth wheel hitch in his uh bed of his truck so i just got a brand new truck and i have one of those in there and i'm like this was the smartest thing i see so he threw his 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 lodge in there and then he had a 12 volt plug that he had wired to his his trailer harness so when he plugged it in it charged that dang battery when oh, he was driving that's genius he, that is time, brilliant oh and and i was like i looked at it and this he's a long long like i've known this guy 20 years i'm like i'm like dude you just didn't what like He's like, don't be, if you don't be taking credit for that Hawthorne, I'm like, don't worry, but that's a really good idea. He's got like 20 bucks into this thing. That's genius. That's oh. super, super smart. Hey, when you're running down the road, I remember last year, Brad, you said that you, when you're pulling your Yeti down the road, you have a Yeti, right? Yeah. That you like turn the heat on on the way there. Yeah. Dude. Is that correct? How do you power that? Like, do you have the do you have the propane opened the whole time you're driving, or is it electric? I don't get how that works. No, yeah, it's just so there's an app on your phone, and like when I'm like, hey, I'm getting close, and I just hit it, and it starts the furnace in the house. Yeah, but I mean, is it is that a, a propane furnace or? Yeah, yeah, it's propane. So you, okay, I got you. I got you. It's that's not slick. a separate furnace. It's the same furnace that's in there. They just basically, you know, everything's getting smarter. That's you a know, genius was, idea. And if you pay for the service on a Yeti, like I can turn the, the heat on from the warmth of my living room. That new sunset's a Yeti, isn't it? Yes. Yep. That's that is a twenty four foot Yeti Grand Escape. Um with every option imaginable on that house. I mean, it is it, in my opinion, I, I it, 
you'd be hard pressed to find a nicer wheelhouse that's sold today. I'm just, I'm looking at the pictures of it right now. What I love about the design of the Yeti is where they put the holes. The thing thing I just struggle so much with an ice castle is the holes are right under your feet. You know? So it's, and sometimes they just can't help it because of the layout of the frame. Like the frame is more important, but like what Yeti does is they go in there and, and sit on the couches. They ask, ask their pro staff like, Hey, where would you guys sit if you were fishing here? Or where would you possibly sit if you had an extra angler? And they go through all these different scenarios and they put in their ideal hole locations. And then so much. So like when I started working for Yeti, I'm like, you know, everyone uses like a 30 to 32 inch rod, you know, while they're in a house. I'm like, so keep that in mind with your hole placement. And they were like, Oh, that's good to know because a lot of people, um, you know, have those older, you know what rods I'm talking about, John, with the three eyelets, and they're like 14 inches long. <laughs> yeah, and the ceramic guides are the size of like uh, Mickey Donuts from the Holiday Station. It's like, yeah, yeah. oh god, I still got one of those. <laughs> I would not admit that. <laughs> yeah, like they make fly swatters out of them now. That rod, yeah. Yes, there's there's a lot of them out there with the gross, like super skinny, like three eighths of an inch EVA handle or fake wood handle that's like foam. Yeah, and this, this sunset lodge looks super awesome. It's so, kind of so, swanky. Like, does Marcus take all your pictures? Yeah, yeah, of course he does. Good lord, yeah, he's like a professional videographer, yeah. photographer. I just, I said it last time you were on, and I've said it before in other shows that if you're not following Ice Camp on Facebook and Instagram, it's just, just for the aesthetics. It just is. I mean, it just looks really attractive. It just makes it look like something that anybody would want to do like my wife would look at that and say i want to spend time in that well and they do and that's the thing is it is that's the experience with ice camp is that we're trying to market to people that professionals like myself and also people that want to come to a comfortable environment and fish and we're supplying that it's not a skid house we don't rent any skid houses it's it, they're all wheelhouses that can be moved very quickly and they have all the amenities of home in them and and we find that people and families and everyone just has a far more enjoyable experience in those types of environments. Yeah, it's just awesome. It's awesome. I say we take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk about ice fishing. I know that we've, I, we we want to break some news. I think it's probably already come out now on social media about the about the fishing regulations for this winter on Mille Lacs. Uh, and just, you know, dig, dig deeper into the the knowledge that you got here, Brad. So let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey everyone, this is Dan from the Iceman coming to talk about our sponsor, Tuned Up Custom Rods. It is ice season right now. We've got the St. Paul Ice Show just around the corner. Make sure that you go to tunedupcustomrods.com, use the promo code Iceman to save yourself 10% on your custom or in-stock rod purchase. And if you want the best coolers made in Minnesota, check out Maluna, maluna.com. They're epically cold coolers. They are ruggedly built. Awesome, awesome products. Use the code Iceman for 15% off. And if you're uh, like me and you love using plastics on the ice, check out Freedom Baits, hand-poured, high-quality plastics that really fit the bill of any angler. And Use as the we, code ICEMAN 
for 10% off on your order. Sorry, I stepped on you there, John. As we've been talking already, Ice Camp Outfitters, our newest sponsor, we're so excited to be able to talk about them this year. Ice Camp Outfitters, icecampoutfitters.com. Get online, check those those lodges out. Look at the Sunset Lodge for sure. Make sure to use promo code ICEMAN. You can save yourself 10% on a reservation for this season. That is huge. That's a, that's a big deal. You know, you get a couple days, that's, that's big. Yes. I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with our producer tonight. He's in a weird mood. Yeah, he's also got a scarf on. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> you had to hear that, Brad. What's the deal with a scarf, dude? Because <laughs> John's he got pulled, his... no, no. He pulled it out of his pocket. <clears throat> I'm here in a t-shirt, sweating my my arms off, and <laughs> he's got a sweater on with a scarf. It's chilly back here. It, John's got us in the back room with no furnace and. Scarf was behind my chair, so I was leaning you forward. You guys are complaining so. about the cold. We're the Icemen. I, was I wasn't out, complaining. I was out shoveling. I'm not complaining. He's either. wearing a nice scarf. My driveway in a, a He looks a like Bruno, but he, he's got a nice scarf on. I'm comfortable now. Yeah. You guys should call it the, the Iceman and a dude in a scarf. <laughs> <laughs> That's the nickname for this episode now. I'll take I'll take it. Whatever. It's All fine. Right. I'm on. I'm, I'm team scarf. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, Brad, hey, I got John. a quick quick question for you when you go out with your customers do you go straight out of the garrison location or do you go out to other locations on Mille Lacs? so well hey, we should i should probably dive into this so so by so, the way you're talking to pete my brother-in-law in case you that's, didn't a, hear that's a really legit question because how, how does one go fishing with brad Hawthorne? good question pete oh so quality Hawthorne's guide service, I go out of wherever the fish, wherever I'm going to be usually closest to the fish. That's why I'm real secretive about it because um, if if my vehicle's in a spot, it usually means that I'm I'm there because that's the, you know, path of least resistance, if you will. So, mm-hmm. and that's basically it, is I'm going to launch wherever's closest because the less time on the ice it's a safety thing too if i can go a to b real quick and safely that's what i'm always going to do nine times out of ten um but so i'm launching just like in the summer depending on wind i'm at all the accesses all the time even like i play the wind in the winter too let's say we i'm on a three-day trip with a group and i know the last day it's going to blow 35 miles an hour out of the south well, instead of getting drifted in on the north end of the lake, I'm probably going to go try to find one of my good spots down south if possible or go to a smaller lake that's somewhat down in a hole or has hilly terrain to try to break that up. So like to, an- to answer it, I just don't run out of one place. Now with ice camp, when I'm out there, you know, because my job for ice camp is to like lead the path. Like I say, hey, guys, I just pulled the otters out of this area. Um, you can you can skate six eight houses in there, and I've already checked ice. So yeah, blaze a road in, you're good to go. You know, and the ice camp, those they're trying to get those houses moved. You know, once to twice a week, period. And that is a hard thing to do on Malax. But you, you have to plow a lot of roads. There's a lot involved with it. So ice camp, yes, you'll know you'll get an, an a week uh, an email a week before telling you where we're gonna be at and where to meet for ice camp and then for hawthorne's guide service like i could be down in cove bay one day and i could be at a garrison sports the next okay and then when you when you do your hawthorne uh guide service do you go just malax or you go at other locations like borden miller uh farm farm island lake all over the place in that area or where are you are you only malax 
So for for basically January and 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 February, I'm just on Malax. I, I I do bug out and do some panfish stuff here every once in a while, but you know, mainly the main focus is basically on Malax for actually December and January, February as you know, things start to warm up or if we get some, some real high sun where it's, you know, high sun and not a lot of uh, snow cover will make those bugs pop early and then I'll start pan fishing a little earlier. But, but yeah, we're, we're, I'm, I've been living up here now 20 years and I think it's my 17th or 18th year as a guide. We got it, we got it fairly well dialed in. Okay. Good deal. That's all the questions question, I have for you Pete. right now. Good question. <laughs> I still want to get you up to Split Hand. I know you said you had some some knowledge of that lake. Yeah, Split Hand's a great lake. You know, the, the thing with Split Hand is just, you know, it's one of those lakes that needs to be protected, you know. It's not that big. Is the Loon Lounge a new one too? Yes, yes. So the Loon Lounge is new. The Sunset is new. And then the Snowstorm 2.0 is new this year. We have three oh. brand new Yetis this year. That is awesome. Yeah. Well, it and this is just based on customer feedback is what we're seeing is people really like those Yeti houses. They they like that we don't let's say a house needs to be moved. Ice Camp will check a guy in and be like, Hey, don't get too comfortable. I know this is inconvenient, but we're gonna move you in like five hours and the people look at you like what? And it's like it's like, yeah, we're moving. Like and they once you move a Yeti in front of someone and they realize that literally takes a minute, they're like, holy cow. You know, you look at a 21-foot house and you may may think that's really substantial to move that really quickly. And it's literally a push of a button. I'd so much rather a guide say, hey, we're going to move you in five hours than say, we'll see you on Sunday. That's right. how it went. Everybody's had that Lake of the Wood experience where they're like, well, you haven't caught any fish in three days. You know what? You know what the good for you. <clears throat> absolute worst saying to hear from a guide, though, is, oh, you should have been here last week. Oh, man, oh lights, was so lights out last week. You should have been here. <laughs> I hate when people say that. It's like, no, just tell me it sucks. Okay. I'm sure well, that that happens. I tell those guys to, like, don't ever fill anyone. Like, just be honest with people. That's what they want. I, me as an angler, like, even going up to flag, like, three, four years ago, Chuck's like, hey, man, the bugs are starting to pop, so things still slowed up a little bit. And I was like, yeah, so we're still, like, 25, 30 a day. He's like, yeah, if you work at it. And I was like, okay, cool. Big deal. So I had to actually apply myself a little bit more to get 30 fish a day. Awesome. You know, I mean, still a great, still a great fishery, but, you know, there's obstacles. Out here, it's just weather, you know, like. I, Dan, I think you guys were up last year, and we got the snowstorm to end all snowstorms. It's like Jesus. We yeah, we were up there. We were at, what was that resort on the east side? Oh, we're out of MSA. Yeah, yeah, that was a cool resort too. That thing was packed, man. I can't believe how many people were at that that restaurant. I don't know. I had a super good experience at at uh, Ice Camp last year. We were we think we stayed two. Did you go twice? I, I went you twice. Tw- for sure. You went once with Mickey and the boys, and then once with yeah. Uh, we went once out of Garrison, <clears> and, and once out us. of MSA. Yep. I don't know. We I, were out of Garrison, I think. Like I said, it is an experience that is just comfort on the ice with the potential to catch really big fish, and a group of people who are super motivated to do whatever they can to help you catch big fish. So that's awesome. So it is, yeah, dude. We really like the we like the ice camp. We love the. I, I, we, Marcus and I formed Ice Camp just because we looked at each other like, well, what would you want in a rental operation? And I'm like, well, I want, 
I, when you step into one of our, one of the rentals, it's like it's someone's personal house. I mean, there's satellite TV. There's all this stuff that would take a guy, you know, a few weeks to get his house dialed in, or or that's the way he would set his his wheelhouse up if he had it. And it's just for for you to roll in there and go, okay, guys, football game is on. Click the football game on. Hey, we don't have to. All the, your biggest thing you have to worry about is like, is your bait lively? Mm-hmm. Like that's literally your biggest concern. I mean that that for most people is a really nice nice thing. Well, it's a, it's an easier it's an easier sell than you know going to a a skid house or something like that, and you got two metal folding chairs, and it's you know either twenty degrees in there or one hundred and fifteen. Yeah, you can't control the the fishing. You know, the fishing is what it is. Yeah, and you know, you Ice Camp does everything they can to put you in active spots and stuff, but. You know, there's going to be times up there where it's tough and there's times up there where it's lights out. But, man, I'd much rather be sitting in just a super nice house than, you know, something that's made out of just plywood and prayers. <laughs> yeah. So when, well, when, oh, I didn't, I got to add one thing, not to just keep plugging ice camp, but do you, do you, at Sunset Lodge, I called, uh, I called my boy Elon Musk up and uh, he said, he's, he got me all hooked up with Starlink. So that's got, that oh, house yeah. has. Starlink for free in the in the Sunset Lodge. Hey, well done, Elon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, Shout out yeah, to Elon. He comes, he comes over for dinner once in a while, and he's just like, "Hey, try this out for me." I was like, "Yeah, I'll give it a shot." <laughs> Hashtag Elon. We'd love to have you on the show to talk about uh, talk about your relationship with Brad. And... <laughs> That's hilarious. Have, have you looked at the sunset yet, John? Yeah. Hey, no, it's I'm browsing them. They're kind of. I'm getting a little like antsy now to go out on the ice. I know I'm super excited. It looked well, like. What house are you guys in when you come up this year? Uh, we haven't booked it yet. I haven't booked it yet. I, are, I was not invited last year. I don't know. I think I had some sick kid. I'm sure I had a sick kid. We uh, yeah. I've been talking to Marcus. We're trying to get uh, trying to get dialed in. We don't want to take up you know prime time for you guys either. But I would like to book the month of January. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. John, John's just right there with a 30 day booking. <laughs> you could absolutely do your job oh, on yeah. a Starlink. Oh yeah. Starlink My house. boss would probably be like, you did, you did what, what, where are you, what the hell is your expense report? Ice camp for 30 days. I'm like, yes, it was my hotel. Yeah, it's fair. It's fair. During COVID we had people that didn't want to leave. Oh, I wouldn't have left. I would have been there for, you know, I would have stayed at the bat cave. These these Yetis are more comfortable than my brother's apartment. <laughs> no joke. We Ouch. we had a guy from Illinois that came up for a three day stay, and on he was calling two days in. He's like, "Can I just rent this the rest of the week?" And we're like, "No, dude. There's there's Marcus is, Marcus calls me. I'm out on guide trip. I have my three M guys out. I have sixteen people out in Otters that day. I'm like, what does Marcus want? You know, so he's like, hey, the guy wants to stay longer in this house. And is there any way like he's he just wants to work up here for a week or two? I'm like, what? <laughs> I can totally I totally see myself doing that. Be like, uh, hey Brad, can you bring out some more food? I'm I'm out. I've been here for 32 days, and you'd be like, uh, you're starting to get a little ripe. There. Well, now this year you can eat a walleye a day. Yep, yep. <laughs> I don't, is it still okay? It's That's still pretty, yeah, it's so still illegal to cut one up and fry it on the ice, though, right? No, no, no. Uh-huh. No, you can you can, you can do that. Okay, yeah. Possession so the, the, includes what's uh, what's not been eaten. Yeah, yeah. So the the limit. 
formal axe is the same this year, but they did include you can have that trophy fish. So if you if you you know get one over twenty eight and you don't already have your limit and keep it, which is a good thing. You know, let's say your kid gets a twenty nine inch. Yeah, of course you're gonna you know he's gonna you might want to mount that fish. You know, or at least and have that, the option to right versus you know just releasing it. Exactly, and the the cool part was, you know, as everyone knows, it's it's a very unfortunate part of fishing, and it's you know, it's it's kind of a bummer when it happens. Oh, it's a huge bummer, but a lot of times those big fish don't go back. And what sickens me is, and I'm glad the DNR put this in there. You know, a lot of guys were hard on the DNR for for whatever reasons throughout the years, but this one here, a lot of those big fish just don't go back, especially in the winter. We're usually fishing over 25 feet of water out here. So when they don't go back, at least utilize that that trophy fish. You know, take it home, mount it. Some people do stew or whatever, but just don't put it in the hole and let the thing die underneath the fish house. Would you skin mount, uh, Brad, or would you uh, replica? Uh, let's say my, let's say, you know, my son, let's, you know, he's four now. If he, if he got a big one, I'd, I'd probably do a skin mount, you know, I, if it died, if it wouldn't go back, yes, I would do it. But I, I really like the, the fiberglass mounts. I mean, I, Dan, I got, I I put them in the dishwasher on my rinse cycle to clean them. I'm serious. That's awesome. (laughs) I put I put musky baits in my dishwasher, but I've never put a, a replica fish in there. I mean, musky baits were real bad. It was a awkward conversation with my wife, and you know my wife. Well, yeah. imagine um, opening your dishwasher and having a walleye looking at you. I think that's even better. <laughs> I mean, we put a deer head once in her shower at her old apartment, and someone literally thought we killed her because she screamed so loud. <laughs> God bless Liz. Oh, I mean, my wife puts up with. <sighs> Brad, I'll tell you this because I told him the last one, but I sprayed my wife in the face with water to end an argument out of a spray bottle. Oh, how'd that go? I thought she was going to push me down the stairs for the first split second. <laughs> but it, it, I'm but, surprised. I'm but, surprised you're not walking with a limp. Dan will see the giant bruise in my head. He's, he's, he's taking a few lumps. God bless Liz. I know. She puts up with so much stuff. I mean, yeah. Brad, I... Did you run Razor last year? I saw that you're doing Razor this year. I did. I ran Razor. Well, so I wanted to give, I never rep a product. And that's, you'll never, no one will ever be able to say this to me. When I, I only rep products. A, I don't have to because I'm a full-time guide. I've been doing this a long time. And and I, I don't need to promote products. I make my money through taking people fishing. And, and with that comes a responsibility. If I'm going to rep a product, I'm going to make, dang sure that that's going to catch you more fish is the best product possible and it's or it's going to make your experience a heck of a lot better than what it was and that's where like i wanted to try their products for a whole season before i jumped on board i'll tell you what i'm glad i did well and i have a firm i have a firm belief that you can break any auger in any situation brad the one Uh, time (laughs) that i went to canada are you saying you you as in brad or you as in like in general. Well, so, okay, I have a reputation for breaking augers. I've, I was one for one every year for a long time, but I had a great solo auger three horse. That Brad, <laughs> you, you, I, I, I drilled hundreds, thousands of holes with it. It, it. it was awesome. You touched it for literally four seconds and somehow broke the whole auger. Uh, Dude. 
That thing was such a ratty auger when you <laughs> did it to me in the first place. <laughs> that thing was like like shitty shitty bang bang, man. It had seen some better days. I mean, it had mainly rust on it, and yeah. But uh, what the the flywheel broke and then went kind of sucked down the sucked down the carb. I don't know who it was. Was it Adam? I walked by, so the auger was idling, and all of a sudden, Adam's like, "Ow!" And I look. And <laughs> oh, that's right. Yes, it was shooting out uh, hot chunks of shrapnel. Oh yeah, it was grenading. It was so Adam like he's got blood on his cheek, and I'm like, "What the hell?" And he's mad at me, and I'm tell he's like yelling at me, and I'm like, "Shut up, dude!" I didn't throw anything at you, not knowing what happened, right? Well, so you know the fins on the flywheel, it broke through the actual plastic on the recoil. And every, like, minute, one of those fins was flying off at, like, 400 miles an hour, like, a, basically like a little razor blade. Yeah. But, like, we're lucky someone didn't lose an eye. Well, that's crazy. and so you broke it real, real well. We shook it out, got all the flywheel chunks out of there, and then I ran it for the next day, and it ended up the gear case stuck open so the clutch stuck open so it was always in drive mode yeah and then you had to pull the recoil to get it like faster and faster to get it to start afterwards and yeah we ended up we did i did lock it up day two completely it wouldn't even pull over okay so I'm, from the bad to the good though so you're so running now you're razor. running razors so i mean they got the best test case person ever i've watched they, you break everything that day, that so I broke your auger, I broke my auger, and I broke someone else's auger. Or did I break both of yours? I don't remember, but I broke. You three. grenaded the one that I sold you, John. I yeah. know that. I grenaded. Yeah, I was done. Actually, I have I have one gas auger that's still remaining. I think I traded you that auger for rods. Probably and you immediately blew it up. <laughs> yeah. It was the best deal I've ever made. Yeah, I, I had some real weird issues with augers for a while. So I would say like the. The number one factor in in augers for me is I truthfully believe in the, in like the direction when I see the direction that razor augers is going. I believe in that curved blade technology. I always have. Um, I also believe that drills, Milwaukee, Dewalt, whatever your flavor is, you know, I truly believe that that is where we're going to be in. in next 10 years i think that's all that's what's gonna your power head is gonna be you're gonna go to the hardware store to get your power head you're gonna buy your drill and, and your battery separate and your bit is gonna be separate and i do think these companies will all have lithium options which you know for me i i kind of like that whole package but i also like you know i, I like them both and I, and I think razor has the wherewithal to know like where the market's going where it's going to be in three or four years and not keep, you know, a lot of these are companies that keep wormholing down into, Hey, you got to buy, you know, if you're going to run our auger, you got to buy our power head too. And I just really don't think that that's going to be the way the market's going to go in the coming years, especially with companies like, you know, Bosch, DeWalt, Milwaukee. All they do is make drills. That's what they do. And, if well, they can't and they're, they're listening, true. to be honest with you. I mean, if, if those big three, I mean, those mud mixers and stuff they're coming out with, you, you watch. They're going to have one that's going to be the ice auger model. You know, it's they're not dumb. Exactly. And, and you know, it's there's a, always a tool. Now that we're into this lithium battery-powered products, 
there's going to be crossover for uses. And, and if you can, let's say, mix a jug, a, you know, a five gallon bucket of cement, you can drill an, you can drill an ice hole. And that's where, you know, I know one, uh, my buddy, Justin at up North Reynolds, he's running a mud mixture on a bit and he loves it. Yeah. That's, I mean, realistically, but for the, the average guy, no, I mean, you, you buy a really good Milwaukee drill and a razor bit, you can fish all year. And then, you know, during the summer you use your drill and it's not just a dead thing that sits on the shelf and you're exercising those batteries. You're getting probably the best bang for your buck. You, you are the other, the other part I what really attracted me to the razor was there was one complaint with cur- curved blade technology and augers is that sometimes in certain ice conditions, your auger will catch at the bottom of the hole. Now, if, if that's never happened to you, Put it this way, you won't ever forget if it has. That's a great way of putting it. But they put little metal chunks right on the bottom. It's a little it's a it's an add-on to the flighting of the auger so it does not catch at the bottom of a hole. Now that's the first auger to have that with curved blade technology. So it's gonna drill faster, it's not gonna catch, and on top of it, like you still have that durability of the product, which, you know, whether that's composite or metal, it's gonna hold up. You know, it's built for the task that it's doing. It's not just, you know, a pass off from another industry or something like that. I've been pulled straight off my feet before by having the blades catch. They'll yeah, pull you straight to the bottom. The I won't my first forty volt experience, I drilled it like a gas auger where you push on the thing, you know, you lean into it and give her hell hit the bottom of the ice and, and tossed me. Yeah. It was like a, a riding bull. Yeah. So with that That's, question, with that visual in mind, I guess, do you find, Brad, that you need to use the extra handle on your drill? You're just trying to get out of buying a new drill. Well, I have a, 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 a brushless fuel drill, but it doesn't have the handle. But is it just because it's not available or did you lose it? No, I, it just didn't come with one. Oh. Oh, you just order one. Yeah, put that handle on there, Dan. Well, the thing is, for me, if you don't have the handle, and I've drilled them without, if you hit anything, you know, just a little... I want to break my arm. It it literally feels like your wrist is coming apart. Those drills have so much more torque than people realize. And when you're, you know, I think it's because you're drilling such a big surface area, right? When you grab, it stops the drill, and that drill's still trying to go. Have you ever bashed your head? Like, it's uh, like a spade bit. Have you ever drilled a couple holes with those and hit a, you know, a nail and it smashes your hands, your knuckles into the two by four. Same feeling. It's the hammer drill that you need, right? No, no. You don't want a hammer drill. You just want to drill. But usually the Milwaukee, you buy the hammer drill model because it's got enough foot pounds of torque to equal what you need. Yeah. And it's also got the handle, Dan. So it is a hammer drill. So you're saying you do need a hammer drill. You, no, you don't. You don't. You don't want to put it in hammer drill setting. That's why I, I think a lot of people put them in hammer drill setting, and that just destroys the drill. It does, I believe, and I think Dan. I think the reason why they they use the one with the hammer drills is because I don't quote me. I'm probably going to get. I'm probably wrong, but I believe that the case, the gear case, is bigger on the one with the hammer drill, and it makes it more durable. Like again, I'm probably wrong, but I think that. No, works. that makes sense because the the hammer drill model, the Milwaukee Fuel, that's what I run, is bigger than the standard one, and the gear case is pretty pretty tough. Yeah. What? So, do you? Ha- is yours a twelve or an eighteen, Dan? I have an eighteen volt. Um, I have an eighteen volt Milwaukee Fuel, but it's not. It's not the hammer drill model, so it didn't come with the handle thing. Didn't you break that already? No. Oh. No, I, I bought it for a drill. Oh. I didn't buy it for ice auger. 
so this this will help. So what I've noticed, I've drilled a ton of holes with my with my uh, Milwaukee as well with my razor bit. That composite bit is the way to go if you're going drills. If you're using drills, use those composite bits. It gives you so much more torque on that platform because you, if you're the guy that's like taking that old you know 10 12 pound steel bit and you're putting that on your drill like no wonder you're not getting battery life so like they should honestly like someone needs to do a youtube video and be like don't put metal bits on drills like most of the people know it but i see it every year i'm like man that's the fastest way to smoke a drill that there is yeah i I think i have a i have a six inch razor and it's it's been fine but i wouldn't go any bigger it's it gets pretty heavy I think on yeah. a metal bit. I think having yeah. having a, a smaller diameter bit would be ideal for for a drill. Like I could see using a six inch bit of a light flight type of. I don't. What do they? What does the razor call the light flight ish bit? Brad, do you know? No, I'm not sure. Honestly, <laughs> it's <laughs> great yeah. question. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like a composite bit on a drill, and then you know, because I've got the forty volt that's got the big old eight inch on it that it works just fine anyway. But if I was just going to be running and gunning, I think it'd be awesome to be able to drill some smaller holes for crappies or even for dropping down the, uh, the Syn- 360 synthetic light in a synthetic. That's what ultra synthetic, Yeah. 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 The, so I, I really like that eight inch hole for walleye, but you're Dan, you're hundred percent right. The, the problem now comes in and your hole size is, what does a guy do, right? So what we found on our guide trips is could get Mega Live and Mega 360. I mean, once you've used those tools fishing, you're not going to not use them. I mean, you're 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 locked into using them once you see how effective they are. But that the Mega 360, you really want an eight inch hole with that. You know, even Mega Live, you know that eight inch hole is nice. But then. Once once you find them, we always carry that six inch width. To then then you start lacing it open. Then you can really get some open up some real estate with that six inch bit. It was not Kenny. Sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Brad. We got a little distracted here for a second. But yes, yeah, absolutely. And I'm super excited to get that 360 out on the ice. I I got to use it all this summer on the boat, but I'm really pumped to get a chance to see what the thing does on the ice i watched your video probably nine times that you put out last year about just having letting the thing spin a couple of times and see those 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 schools of crappie i actually got a chance to finally see what a school of crappie on the 360 looks like on my very last trip on the boat this year it was and it's really super eye-opening and then when you're able to so once you're able to correlate that were you easy were you able to like go okay with your spot lock, go bump, 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 and yep. stay on the spool. Absolutely, yeah. It was, it was, it was exactly what I had always hoped that it could do. Yep. And uh, you know, it was at the end of the season, so the fish were really schooled up over a nice deep hole, and it was easy to see them. And it was cool. It was cool. It's like hitting a, a nice drive on the 18th green. It just makes you want to keep doing it. The, the what I like is that it, that's a dual use product. I mean, you you got summer and winter with that, and you know I, I usually have Mega Live running on one end of the Yeti and then 360 on the other man, and, and you don't leave much to guess with those two units running. Do they interfere with each other? Nah, uh, that sometimes it depends. I found a little recipe with like 
depth and you know basically i'm down viewing with mega live in the house so it's not too bad but every once in a while it does so you were running mega live 360 and then i assume just the traditional sonar on some of your hummingbird units yeah well the mega live bundle has it all on there and so does the 360 bundle so you got you've got you know your mega live and your 2d all in one unit so yeah but oh, so, so if i've running. got my 360 down i can also do traditional sonar with that no, I mean, you, well, you, you you could you you'd need another hole, but I don't know why you would do that. Like, why not just you know pull it out and put your deucer down? You know gotcha. what I mean? Because sure. But yeah, they make them the combo units. So like, hey, when you're done using, if you're not using 360, you can drop down and just use your 2D deucer. Gotcha, gotcha. I can't wait to try it out. I've been a real simple Vexlar guy for years, so this is going to be a this is going to be a good year for that. I can't wait to see it. Right, right. I tried it out. I thought it was amazing. Like, you just watching a school of crappies just move around. It's like, this feels like cheating. No, it, it, uh, I, I don't know what video it was, but I, I've got, had a real honest moment where I was like, you guys, this is, these products are now going to start changing the limits. And, and we're going to see that this year, next year, the year after. Like, you cannot have products that literally take the guesswork out of it and expect it not to affect the fish populations. Well, I did it where we would set up in the middle of a, a basin and you'd, you'd have it, you know, go around twice and you'd be like, okay, go 30 paces that way, 10 paces north, drill a hole, catch a fish. And it's like, yeah. well, this is like, you, you just, we just sat in the basin and you just watched it, you know, you could just pop an, another hole and then, you know, with the, a bit you just you can go so fast it was you we were limited out in you know a couple minutes it's like okay i don't i don't want to use this anymore i kind of want to sit in the ice and enjoy it because otherwise i'm done too quick well and that's so part of that that dynamic with guiding is i when my customers book for a crappie trip and if the the only bites i have available are those basin bites i call them kill bites because you kill every fish you catch yeah, oh, so that everyone comes up with popped out eyes and that's and and i'm mindful of that and i and i you know communicate that to my customers i'm like okay hey guys once you get your 10 we're done this isn't an all day sit and catch fish all day because we we can wreck lakes and i and i know that we can so and just because it's legal i'm not doesn't mean i'm going to do it like we we're going to be stewards of the lake. We're not going to come out here and catch 500 fish and kill 500 fish because your limit is 10 a day. So if you know you're killing everything when you catch it, like you know, and they're and they're real receptive to that. Like, hey, let's go out there, we get your fish fry, and then let's go to a different you know shallower lake and get the job done. If if you want to fish all day long, you know, that'd be a, a horrible business strategy for a guide to just you know oh, you could a lake. you could decimate a lake like I mean, that. I mean, and that one kicker i always tell people like when i fish i fish a couple basin lakes um and i brought quite a few people out there i'm like every crappie we catch we are cleaning and he's like what do you mean i said you don't get it i said you catch a 10 inch crappie you're keeping it you catch a 15 inch crappie you're keeping it because everyone by the time you bring them up to the hole they're dead there's there's just no chance you know you bring them from 37 feet of water yeah you can't wind them that slow Dude, John, I set the hook on fish in 19 feet of water, set the hook and was like, you know, 
bang, the fish comes up and it's like reel it up slow and it's still dead. And I'm like, oh, crappies are like made out of glass. I swear. <laughs> they, they're the, the, I, I, I always feel bad. Like, I don't want to say this, but when people are like, oh, they're like paper mouths. I'm like, no, their whole body is like paper. Every time you touch them, they're so easy to flay. You know, well, you drop them in the boat by accident and you, you know, it's dead instantly. It's like, what are you? They're like the horse of the fishing world. <laughs> Every time a horse gets yeah. a strained ankle, you have to kill the dang thing. Yeah. Well, the truth is, they're like the the fainting goat of the you know. <laughs> <laughs> like, and bass are like the I don't know a piece of tungsten, the that alligator, never, the thing that, that never can die, yeah. never can wear out. It's just indestructible. Yeah. So, Brad, are you going to be down at the St. Paul show? Yes. Yes, we're going to be at the St. Paul show, and then uh, man, and then Duluth this year too. Oh, Duluth, show. interesting. Ooh. Yeah, yeah I haven't, I've never I haven't, been to that one. Well, I'll let you know how it goes. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, the, I've been talking to the producers that show up there. They're, they're like, hey, we get a lot of people, and there's a lot of good sales. And I was, I was concerned that that was a little bit too far into the season. And then I was like, nah, maybe. So we'll, we'll see. You know. Yeah, but Duluth is weird because you know, I mean, with so many guys near Superior. I think their ice season doesn't, in their minds, it doesn't start as early as ours does. Um, and I think they get some lake effect stuff that doesn't, you know, I, Very I, they, I don't think their lakes lock up like Malax does. No, God, no. They, I mean, it's definitely delayed there. I mean, they've got some sm- smaller potholes and stuff, but you're right. I mean, it's, I mean, I get at here at Malax sometimes I get lake effect from superior being this far away too you know, yeah i mean superior is a, it's an interesting body of water because you know once it gets cold and freezes that ice can hang around for till july but it doesn't always freeze real well <laughs> exactly exactly but yeah dude, it's it's it i think it i think you're right there because man last i heard the guys were still running out in the uh the harbor there yeah i'm sure i mean they just don't they don't get the ice i mean obviously it's hard to freeze that much water you know, it's also crazy deep and, you know, you get any breeze out of the north and it's seven foot waves. It's just a different body of water. Well, you guys are getting, you guys are doing St. Paul again this year. It's to be like your 10th year down there, isn't it? Yeah. 10th. At least it's gotta be. I don't Did know. Did you go down in 2010, your first year? I don't remember. I don't think you did. I think you were there in 2012 as your first year, John. I don't. I remember we were in the striker booth, which was Corky's at the time, which is dating everyone a lot. <laughs> That's um, right. And we yeah. were across from Sean and Jim. Yeah, I from, worked there that show with you guys. Yeah, it was. That was a long time ago. Man, we're getting old, John. Yeah. You're getting. <laughs> I, I'm getting old. Actually, I just uh, I, I was talking to somebody, and they're like, "Yeah, I, I can't believe you've been in this industry for ten years." And I was like, "Dude, I." built my first power precision 21 <laughs> years ago he goes no way i'm like yeah here i'll pull it up and i took a picture of the receipt with the power precision and they're like 21 years ago i'm like yeah i just i feel really old all of a sudden like it wasn't cool for that split second well it amazes me when i put that rod in people's hands and they're like because you know, half my rods will say prototype on them, you know, and, I, and you'll just be like, keep them. And the guy's like, oh, what new rod is this? I'm like, that's a power precision. It's been around for it. Like, yeah, just, you had, I mean, it's just survived with the double hook keepers. You were the one that I think you, 
you almost made all of our rappers quit one year because you put two hook keepers in the split grip and it's if anyone's wrapped a fishing rod it's it's hard to wrap them hard to wrap ice rods as is but putting hook keepers in the split grips it's like doing it in the dark because it's like your fingers are the same same size it's just it's a pain in the butt but brad loved it I, it, it was a great spot for a hook keeper because no, it, it was got a terrible spot. <laughs> Manufacturing wise, yes, but for you know bigger spoons, you know puppet minnows, things like that. I mean, you, they stay in there and they don't they don't grab everything in that location. We're a custom rod company. John. I think we had still had one guy who wrapped like twenty hook keepers in the split just to make you mad, and then just epoxied everything in there. It's like, why did you <laughs> do this? <laughs> One of them that got got the heater treatment last year. I was like, because you know, every once in a while a tip comes across the heater, and it, you know, that's the end. That's all she wrote on that one. And customers are usually pretty good. They're like, oh yeah, man, I I caught a fish and like heater tipped over. I'm like, yeah, don't worry about it. But uh, that was the one that got heated last year that had the dual hook keepers in the split grip. And I was wondering, I'm like, that was like the last of the Mohicans for for ice rods, right? And I was going, yep kind of thinking he'd be around forever and nope one puff of smoke that was it <laughs> all those mr mr heaters or buddy heaters or i mean the sunflowers are the worst but the the buddy heaters do eat rods like crazy well i keep telling people you know you you don't have to like tickle the the orange glowing part with the rod tip <laughs> <laughs> oh we had a customer last year in the shop that he, he's like ah my my rod broke and we're like yeah you laid it on your mr heaters like nope Oh, I didn't, you know, and he's adamant about it. So one of our uh, customers that was there, he walked out to his truck, grabbed his buddy heater, laid it on the counter, laid the rod in the grooves, and it matched the wave of pattern. Like you laid it, and it matched perfectly. And the guy's like, oh, and his buddy goes, that's what I did to it. (laughs) It was just like you could see the room just got quiet. Like there's, I'm like, those Mr. Heaters, those grates are hot. Well, people aren't trying to do that to, to, to trick you or to lie to you. They just literally don't know that they've done it. No. And it's, it's, it, it's amazing. And it, it's, it's everyone's rods. If you put them on the heater, they're done. It's just those. And it, I had a pair of striker pants start on fire on one of those heaters, uh, two years ago too. It wasn't my striker pants, but it was, uh, and it's like it, those things are, you know, that orange glowing sun is hot. Yes. They, Brett, the heaters, man, I see it all winter long where I'm like my kind of my triage when we get out to the lake. I'm like, okay, guys, these Velcro straps on the otter doors must be used. Do not open the door of your otter and not secure this door because if you do, it will burn on the heater and it'll either take a rod with it and we'll be down a, a, a rod and a heater or we'll burn the door and now we're out of an otter canvas, which everyone knows is the worst possible scenario to have happen. <laughs> but it's like... The heaters, the heater drama in the winter for me is really real. I mean, it is, uh, you know, I had the same deal. I had a guy uh, four or five years ago loaned him my, remember that prototype you built me? It was a longer power, and that's why we ended up redoing the power for this yes. this time around. Yep, yep. Well, I was in love with that rod because, you, you know, it was just like the most sensitive thing ever. You know, it was like the truth be told, it was it was the juice, you know. Yep. And uh, the, borrowed to customer comes back he's like i'm not sure what happened like it's missing like six inches off the front of it. and i'm like what do you mean you don't know what happened to it i'm like dude i told you like don't he's like i don't know i'm like i look at it i'm like what things got like a 
ball of black cauliflower on the end of it, right? <laughs> so I'm like, what is that? I here the thing smells like a burnt cat. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you put it in the heater. He's like, oh no, I didn't. I'm like, oh, what did you do then? Like, how does how does fishing rods don't smell like burnt cats for no reason? But <laughs> well, come to find out, he like leaned it up in the corner and just like right over the top of the heater and it basically it could have burned down the whole damn house that's so i, I shouldn't laugh at that stuff but it it is funny because it happens all if the there's, time if anyone's thought of a way to break a rod you've seen it yep. yeah you've seen it yep i think the best was the one ltp that got the guy leaned it up against the snowmobile it fell into the tracks he started up the snowmobile oh. and it went through the track up through the tunnel and back out. <laughs> and, and the LTP broke. I mean, it's hard to break those things. Oh, I mean, Brad, you've fished with LTPs. The, the oh, rod was just like shredded. And he, I'm like, sure. what did you do? I said, just be honest with me. I'm like, I will replace it if you tell me what you did, because this is physically impossible. Right. And he's like, it fell on my snowmobile in down in the track. And when I took off, it kind of ate it like because it was like seven inches long i mean there was nothing left i'm like okay that, that was impressive i said i i will replace it just because just because you're honest this this was the most incredible thing ever the ltbs are pretty pretty stout rods man i mean i i had uh one well several times because i have that rod rack on my snowmobile tunnel and that's where i put them when i'm running and gunning well is that the one I, that I watched an auger get popped off and you drove over the auger? That, yeah, that was, so that was the LTP <laughs> that came off my came off my sled at sixty five miles an hour, and I still use it. Yeah, this feels that. like a Bill Dance video. So right? no, you, here, here's here's the scenario, right? So it was Brad Hawthorne, Dave Koontz, um, James Holst. They go tearing off at Mach one hundred. And I'm driving with my little is this Honda up in Ontario. Yeah, no, this is uh, Sioux Narrows, and I'm driving with my Honda Foreman at 31 miles an hour, which is about it when I'm pulling an otter tub through 12 inches of snow. And well, I'm literally, and I'm, you're a massive person too. So well, like, yeah, I know. I mean, but most of the time I'm just enjoying the scenery, right? But I'm literally, it's like a breadcrumb trail. There's there's parts of an otter flip over because. Dave broke his hitch and then it flipped over and then ground on the ice for 12 miles. I pick up part of an auger. I pick up a Markham that had just, the, all it was was the deucer cord hanging onto it and it had been dragging on the ice and there was like parts of the dial. So I have all this shit. My whole otter tub is filled with just junk from these guys. I had a, I had an LX seven screen. So I come and I'm like an hour late to the spot and they're like, what the hell took you so long? I'm like, look at all your shit on the ice. I'm like, I, I've collected, I have a junk container and, and Brad's, he's got his auger and it's the freaking shaft is all bent. He's like, yeah, it flipped off the thing and I drove over it and I'm like, there's nothing left guys. Like I have no gear left. <laughs> I had all your gear. I, I had had to make room for all of it. But did they get the shot? <laughs> no, I, I don't <laughs> even remember. I was just laughing so hard because, but then, you know, the next morning I broke my otter hitch because I hit a tree with it. Didn't notice that my, my otter <laughs> hitch had snapped and I left it on some island and Pat McSherry luckily grabbed it for me because otherwise it was somewhere in Ontario. Yeah. Man, there's there's stuff on those Canadian trips where I'm just I know I'm gonna be five hundred dollars lighter when I come back. Like, five hundred dollars lighter. Every time I go to Canada, I might as well just 
jump in the lake. You left like an otter. You didn't you leave like half your gear? No, I left I, well, for I, all of COVID. I, yeah, I still have a battery and a charger up there. Um, but every time I go to Canada, everything breaks. The first day up at uh, up in Dryden, I broke the Scandic Skidoo that was twenty five years old. Nothing has ever went wrong with it. I literally hopped on it and it just went bleh. But you know when Scandics <laughs> break down, right, John? What? When they're 25 years old and they've never broke down. Yeah. And that's when they break. Well, and then the guy's like, oh, it's been reliable for 20 years. I'm like, well, there goes that theory. And I literally made it out 40 feet. Yeah. But Canadians are it's, it's, built differently. Well, it's like, hey, thanks. Thanks, boss. You know, snowmobiles usually don't last 25 years. I mean, you th- the, I'm thinking back to like the old players TXL. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, but if you saw this thing, it looked like it had been drug down a hill sideways for two years. There was not one part of anything that was like straight. You know what we should do for tuned up, John? We should like grab all the guys and go do another Canadian trip, right? Because who doesn't want to just go break all our stuff again and then come back? I'm in. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm in because that's just part of, I mean. I'm going to need to borrow a lot of stuff, John. Do, do you, I mean, Brad, the last time I went to Canada, uh, yeah, oh, absolutely. I, so the last time I went to Canada, the, the two up, so we lost the sled, but the two up seat, when we were driving back on this river channel, the two up seat had snapped previously and we went into the river channel and it's kind of got a little rough, but I got propelled off into the river and thought I was going to die this time. So, oh, really? Yeah, I, Canada is just scares the crap out of me. It it is definitely you need to know where you're going. I I'll, I know that my snowmobile the last time we were in Canada was with you. Um, <laughs> I I put I put my snowmobile in the back of my truck. You know, you just use a snowbank to get up there. Well, I was like, oh, I'm gonna pull it out and recenter it. All of a sudden, my reverse don't work. I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> I like, shouldn't laugh because I, I broke so much stuff in Canada. Like, it's just, I feel like I, do, I, I should just go up there and be like, all right, I'll pay you guys a thousand bucks. And they're like, why? I'm like, just this is the fee to get into Canada. I just want to deal with it. Just charge my credit card and I'm good. Oh, dude, I opened the hood of my snowmobile and I'm like, what? My whole crankcase was like, the, the cover of the crankcase was gone gone <laughs> like i'm staring i'm staring at gears and chains that should be encased in oil and 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 they're not i'm like okay well there's a glowing reason right there i guess this thing's stopped by the freaking bought at junkyard on the way home and chuck this thing in there like oh that's awesome that's awesome well we could listen to you guys tell all these ghost stories for the rest of the rest of the night hey i got one question for you brad before we let you go okay so last year, uh, we at the ice show, and I was asking you, what's the hot color that I need to pick up uh, in my Northland tackle? You gave me the tip of the sneeze. Is there any? Yeah. Is there any new things that we need to know about? Dan's got to buy forty of them. Maybe. Okay, well, so th- this one's the, this one's the real deal, real deal Holyfield right here. So okay. we have a spoon that I was just infatuated with last year. So the glass buckshot from Northland. And, and you don't even have to say anything. Just listeners, Google it, look it up online, and take a good, hard look at that spoon. That is the most detailed, best-built spoon that's ever been produced. Like this this spoon, when you say it's calling it a rattle spoon is doing it an injustice. This thing is encased, encased glass rattle inside of a spoon that 
literally last year, like my guys, I had like, they only gave me like 12 of them, you know, cause we, we have to R and D this stuff. Does it work? Clear water, all this. I mean, all this hard work went into the spoon. It was the first time where I've been given a product and I'm like, don't change anything. Just like, and we used them on red. We used them on Lake of the woods. They were phenomenal down here on Mille Lacs, And that is going to be the real deal. So it's the cross between us, a spoon that's super loud super raspy and it's really really detailed it is so natural looking and it's the it, it is the best way to put it is if this spoon was a crankbait it would probably cost about 19 bucks it looks really pretty slender is it pretty slender no it's got it's got a little bit a little bit of a heft to it a little bit of beef but it's not it's not out of line like it's normal size spoon and it's it's not too big not too small which size do you recommend? I see a three thirty seconds, a one eighth, and a one quarter. One eighth and quarter. So I'm using I'm using three thirty seconds and eighth. That's what okay. I'm using. But when I go to red, when I go to red Lake of the Woods, I'm using that bigger size. Yeah, there goes ninety nine dollars of my money. Well, I'm sorry, I knew John because I know John. You're a spoon fiend, so I, I know John. I don't even want to talk about how many spoons I have. I lost a box of jigging wraps the other day, and guess where I found it? In the box Rust. of. Uh, that was labeled Tupperware for my kitchen. I was that so excited. Right. My wife's like, seriously, <laughs> what'd you do with my Tupperware? I'm like, I don't know. I found my jigging wraps. I'm pretty excited. All right, I'm looking that, at these right now. They look pretty legit. And I got, so here's a question, Brad. I got I have yeah. all these questions. I have never, ever found myself drawn towards a blue jig or a blue spoon. Blue when do you use yeah. blue? So blue, blue is whenever blue works. I, <laughs> Perfect. That's exactly the answer I'll I want to put that on my calendar. Thank you. Well, no, I, honestly, Dan, you should have been at my seminar the other weekend down at Sioux Falls. I went all the way through. Like, okay. I actually really enjoyed your seminar last year. I told you that. that me and my wife attended, and we, we got a lot out of that. What so the I hell? You been. said you were going to get a hot dog. No, That's why you were gone we for an went, hour. I'm just kidding. Sorry. <laughs> The seminar. The se- I'm telling you, the guy, if, listeners. If you get a chance to go to a Brad Hawthorne seminar, they are legit. They are worth your time. Dan, thank you so much. It was like I really appreciate that, man. Because I don't. I'm not a business guy. It takes me two or three days to put these seminars together. But so the point that was, I did the whole. How do I choose my spoons? And it it basically goes through how to know when to rattle a spoon, how when not to. And it's it's too long of a topic to get into now. So I'm inviting myself back for another podcast. If Please you guys do. Absolutely. We'll, uh, do, we'll do that one on the ice, huh? Yeah, let's get up to, if we could be, yeah, if we, we could should be do some video and stuff. Together, that'd be awesome. We should actually do like a live tour of one of the, have you done any li- like live tours or recorded yeah, tours? Yeah, I'll call, I'll call Elon and we'll get another, we'll get another Starlink set <laughs> there up. There we go. That'd be great. Let's do it. I mean, Jeff, Jeff Bezos, was, he probably is available. I wonder if I could put a Tesla battery pack in an auger, how fast that would go. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it'd be great. I'll, 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 I'll call Elon. We'll get it figured out. Sweet. <laughs> if they can put, if they can put a, what, a man in orbit and I can get an auger that's powered by Tesla. I'm, you know, now I'm looking at more of these pictures of this glass spoon, and I, there's one picture of a, of a walleye sitting on the ice with it in its mouth, and it's not small. It's not a small spoon. No, it, it's, it's not a small spoon. But the one thing you got to remember is, is that's encased in poly, so it's encased and essentially clear. So, like that, just kind of disappears underwater. Yeah, it looks oh, legit. I really like the pink silver, and I like the golden perch. Do you know there's there's a lot of these in stock, and they have uh, there's Northland's got a uh, some kind of promotion Christmas gift guide. It says John order order over seven hundred and fifty dollars, and you get a free hat. 
My, <laughs> my, I mean, seventy five dollars. Seventy five dollars. Sorry. You can get ten for you. Get ten hats. There you go. <laughs> buddy Duke calls me the other night. He's like, dude. Was that the, was that the glass buckshot we were using in your house last year? That thing you couldn't tell me because he obviously came in there and grabbed a rod and he started fishing with it and he caught like two two walleyes in an hour and he's hooked on this spoon and I, I was like I can't tell you what it is and then he tried to take a picture of it I'm like no dude I like stop leave it alone <laughs> like it, you're in my house I shouldn't feed, it shouldn't take it too long to figure out whose lure it is but uh, he literally literally dropped 250 bucks on Northland's website today. That's awesome. What's really yeah. sad is I just looked up Northland online and it says, do you want to log in and place your order? No, I don't. But it's unfortunately forcing me to place this order. Yeah, you're going to have to do it. Yep. Are you doing any seminars at St. Paul? No, no, not any seminars at St. Paul, but I do have, uh, I'm on the pro panel at, for Duluth and um, I'm going to do a runnings event here uh, the next week and or two weeks, whatever that is. And that's about it. So I've only got two ice seminars this year but uh i don't know maybe i'll maybe i'll call the venue up there in duluth and say hey why waste it why not why yeah. not do one up there why i mean they should because they you know well if you come down to the to the saint paul show i know that brad you stop in the tuned up booth a couple times a day and you're always on the floor so if if you're down there and you get a chance to if you see brad walking around definitely take the time to stop and talk to him he, you know he's super personable very approachable and all this knowledge is something that that you like to share, which is, which is huge, you know, because there's so many people who, who see you on TV and hear you on things like this and, you know, can be kind of intimidated by that, but the approachability is really important. It, so. it, I, and I love talking fishing and I'm looking forward when you guys get up here, Dan, I don't know what I did at the audience. I did not pay anything. Actually, Dan, technically, I'm pretty sure he doesn't like me. So these words <laughs> hopefully are all true. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I, it's true. It's, it is definitely the truth. I mean, like I said, you know, you see you on Angling Buzz. We see you in all of these different places, and it's like Brad Hawthorne, Lake Mille Lacs Synonymous, and, and all these different ventures. But at the same time, it's like, you know, you're very authentic, and you're the same guy on this show that you are on those shows that you are in person on the floor. And it's worth, if you're, if I'm talking now to the listeners, if the listeners, if you happen to be at the St. Paul show, or if you happen to be up in Duluth, or any place that Brad's going to be, and you see him, don't be intimidated. He's a hundred percent worth the time to sit and talk to. He's very, very personable. So, and willing to share this information. So thank you, Brad. We really appreciate you being here. Thank you guys. And I will see you guys this winter. I'm really looking forward to it. God bless you guys. Happy holidays. Yes. You too, Brad. Thanks thank for you. being here. John, Tom, Pete, Pete, Dan. <laughs> yeah. Does anyone want to say anything to me? Good Lord. Come on guys. <laughs> All right, we will see you guys. Hopefully, many of you are down at the ice show. Stop and say hi. That made John and I feel real good last year to have a bunch of people say hi. To us. Oh, it was awesome. I, I, I like doing this. I think it's a good thing. Yeah. You know, I agree. All right. Have Thanks, a good everyone. night, everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.